0: that you were able to make it on out, even with Daylight Savings. So let's say a prayer as we continue here. Father God, we're so grateful for your work in our lives. We're so grateful for your work in our church and in this world. We recognize that there's many areas that we need your divine presence and work. We pray, God, that as we take a moment here, To hear, to listen, not to just what's being set up here, but but to what your spirit is saying to us. Lord, may our hearts be open, may our ears be attuned, may we be willing to respond to what you are saying. And God, may you awaken us to the reality of your kingdom, that you are doing something beyond us and beyond what we can see and even know, but you're also calling us to participate in that. So, Father, may you meet with us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Growing up as a teenager, I had FOMO, fear of missing out, (laughs) that I never wanted to go away uh, from my group of friends, because I felt like if I wasn't there, I'd miss out on something fun or exciting that was happening. But in reality, my life was pretty boring. I grew up in the Midwest. Most of my growing up was spent within the borders of Wisconsin with a few trips to Chicago and out east here. But overall, my world was, in reality, pretty small. Pretty sheltered. And then at the age of 20, I encountered Christ. And as I encountered Christ, my world began to explode. I began to see that there was a bigger world, a bigger reality than mine. And within a year, I was invited into a school of ministry where I was given many opportunities to share how Jesus had transformed my life and how he was able to transform others' lives. It was during that year also that I had the opportunity to go on four different mission experiences. I went to Denver, Colorado, Charlotte, North Carolina, Puebla, Mexico, and Israel. The first time I ever was on an airplane was to go on a mission trip. And during this year, my world went from this little itty-bitty perspective of who God was to being exploded wide open. I saw the world was bigger than me. I saw God's work was bigger than what I could even imagine or understand. I experienced both challenges and the miraculous. And at times, I didn't recognize that there was something bigger happening. That God was inviting me into a story that was larger than me. Larger than my reality. And it was more than me. Have you ever had that realization that maybe life was more than you? That life was more than your job, more than your dreams, more than your family, more than your successes or failures? Often we can get so focused on like this 10 foot radius around us. That everything we think about and invest in and do is really about us. And we can miss that life is more than you, more than I. As we open the pages of the Bible, there is countless examples of people coming to this realization that life was more than them. We go all the way back to the beginning and we see that Adam was given a task to tend to tend to the garden, and also name the animals. Life was more than him. We hear about Noah being commissioned to build a boat that would preserve both mankind and animal life. We hear about Abraham, that he was blessed, but the blessing wasn't simply for himself. He was supposed to be a blessing to the nations. Again and again, across the pages of Scripture, we see that God was doing something with people, but it was more than them. It was beyond them. It was larger than their country, larger than their own people, larger than their own backgrounds and their own realities. They were given a glimpse of a larger kingdom, a larger purpose, a kingdom that was more expansive, an eternal kingdom that was more than them. When we use that term, term kingdom, if you grew up in the United States, it's not something that we necessarily use often. Because we don't talk about the U.S. as part of a kingdom. But maybe you've come from a different country that is more of a monarchy where kings and, and queens are talked about. I lived in England for a few years where the monarchy was part of the fabric. And you knew what a kingdom was. And so when you're thinking about a kingdom, it's important to answer a few questions. Like, why does it exist? Where is it? Who is the ruler of this kingdom? Who is part of this kingdom? And how do you become a part of that kingdom? Now before we get into looking at God's kingdom like this, why don't we take a look at a different kingdom to kind of get our minds uh, thinking about this concept. So let's take a look at Disney's Magic Kingdom. All right, Most of us are familiar with Disney's Magic Kingdom. And we can think about why does Disney exist? Why does this kingdom exist? Well, Disney has created this place that's able to transport you to like this different reality. And even more than a moneymaker, exists to be a place that makes magic happen. If you've ever been to Disney, you know that kind of magical experience. Where is it? Well, if you're going to Disney's Magic Kingdom in Florida, it's in Florida. And what you can do to get there is you can get on an airplane or you can jump in a car and drive 95 south, and you will get to this magic kingdom. Who gets to be a part or who is the ruler of this kingdom? Mickey Mouse. Who else is ruler of that kingdom? Those mouse ears are everywhere. And if you've been there, you know that Mickey Mouse rules at Disney. Who gets to be a part of this kingdom? Well, all the magical characters, All the princesses and princes, the imaginary creatures, they're all part of this kingdom. And how do you become a part of it? Well, if you're willing to spend the money, buy a ticket, and show up, you get to be a part of this magical kingdom. And quickly you'll realize as you arrive at Disney and the magic kingdom, if you're aware of it, and I don't know if you've thought about this, that this magic kingdom really isn't about you. It isn't about you. It's larger than you. It's a magical story that you are invited to be a part of. You're not Mickey. You're not even one of the cast. But you get to participate in this larger story. So let's now bring this over to the kingdom of God. And think about the kingdom of God. Well, first let's get a definition of the kingdom of God out there. And a simple definition can be the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is ruling. Wherever Jesus' rule is set up, that is where the kingdom of God is. Why does it exist? Well, the kingdom of God exists to establish the rule of Jesus. Jesus is God in flesh. He is the rightful king of all kings and Lord of all lords. And when God's kingdom comes, Jesus' rule comes with that kingdom. Where is this kingdom? Well, it's not in Florida. It's everywhere Jesus is ruling. Luke 17, 21 states, you won't be able to say here it is or over there it is. God's kingdom is already among you. This can also be translated instead of among you, it, some translations say within you, that the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God is here, but it's growing around you. And ultimately, one day it says in scripture that this physical kingdom of God will come to earth. Jesus talked about the supernatural kingdom in John eighteen thirty six, when approaching his death and confronted by Pilate. Pilate asks him, so, you say you're a king, and, and Jesus says, Yes, I am. But my kingdom is beyond this world, beyond the scope of kingdoms here. It is a larger reality, a supernatural, eternal reality that you are invited to be a part of. So, we can say the kingdom is within, among, and beyond you and this world. The kingdom is within you, it's among you, and it's beyond you and beyond this world. That means that right now, Jesus is seated and ruling in heaven. That he is on his throne. He is the king over all the spiritual realms. He's a cosmic ruler. It means that here on earth, Jesus is ruling. And he is ruling in every single person who has said yes to him. He is ruling in every single person's life who said yes to him. And what we call that on earth is the church. The church is not this building, the church is the people of God who are living out the purposes of God throughout all ages and all time. And so we call that the universal church, that every single person from the beginning of time up until now who have said yes to Jesus are part of God's kingdom. And Jesus is the ruler and we are his subjects. And one day, Jesus is coming back. It states in Scripture that Jesus will physically return and set up his physical rule on earth for a thousand years. At the end of that thousand years, there's going to be a battle between two kingdoms, his kingdom and the kingdom of Satan. Satan will be defeated, and ultimately Jesus will set up his rule and reign forever. He will remove sin and brokenness, and we will have a place that is perfect forever and ever. A simple way to say this is God's kingdom is now, but not yet. That God's kingdom is here now with us, but it is still yet to come. Think about it this way. How many times have you heard, even in a presentation of the gospel, that we talk much about this future kingdom That if you sign up with Jesus, he promises you you eternal life in the future. And you get your ticket stamped to this beautiful place where there'll be no more pain or sickness or death or dying in the future. And that's true and that's great. But we need to talk about kingdom now. That God is inviting us in to be part of his kingdom now and his purposes now. We do not have to wait for a future date or towards the afterlife. We can participate in his kingdom now. So who is the ruler of this kingdom? Well, we stated many times already, King Jesus is the ruler of this kingdom. In Colossians 2, we read about Jesus being supreme over all, that there's nobody greater, nobody above, and he is the ruler over everything, and he is the head of the church. This life is more than you. This church is more than you. Eternity is more than you. And the kingdom of God is way beyond you and I. The kingdom of God exists to establish the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. And we see it wherever Jesus is ruling. And who gets to be a part of this? Well, anyone who says yes to Jesus. Yes, in the supernatural realm, angels are part of this kingdom. But in the physical realm here, anyone who says yes to Jesus becomes a part of his kingdom. And this is anyone who has said yes to Jesus for all ages in all times. And in the same way that a ticket to Disney gets you into Disney, faith in Jesus gets you into the kingdom of God. And this kingdom of God includes some incredible people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elijah, Samuel, David, all the prophets, all the disciples, the Apostle Paul, names and people that you don't even know across all the ages who have said yes to Jesus are part of the supernatural kingdom of God. And so how do you get to be part of it? How do you get to be part of something that is more than you? You simply need to say yes to Jesus, yes to his purposes, for your life instead of yours. In each one of us, there's this search for belonging, a search for meaning, a search for a purpose that's beyond us. Often we don't identify that, but in those moments, all of us have glimpsed that there's got to be something more than me. There's got to be something more than what is happening in my reality. There's a longing in us to be part of something bigger than a fad, a trend, or even a small kingdom. And saying yes to Jesus is saying yes to an invitation as part of a greater, grander kingdom that is way beyond you. One day, if you have said yes to Jesus, you have received an invitation to the biggest, largest, most incredible party ever. And as you arrive at this party with your VIP ticket, what is important to remember is that this party is not about you. You have been invited into God's eternal kingdom, God's eternal plan. And you will arrive at this table and it speaks in scripture that Jesus invites you to dine at his table. You will sit at his table with some of the most incredible people that you could imagine. You'll eat the most amazing food that you could ever even comprehend in the most indescribable place ever. And as you're sitting there at that table, you're going to hear stories shared. But the stories aren't going to be about you. They're going to be about how Jesus did amazing things. How Jesus brought life, hope, restoration, healing, peace, his presence, wholeness, shalom to all who believe. You will hear how he is worth it, how he has done so much, and how we have been invited to participate in his everlasting kingdom that is way beyond any of us. You'll hear people talk about how he worked in their lives. And there'll be this big arrow, big arrow, signpost pointing to him that he is worth it all and he is the one that we have come to honor and glorify an invitation into the kingdom is an invitation into life in a kingdom that's way more than you and for some of you maybe you haven't said yes to jesus yet and yes to his kingdom purposes and that's okay And I'd encourage you to ask the questions. I'd encourage you to explore this kingdom reality. And it doesn't mean that you'll have all your questions answered or all your hopes and fears uh, relieved or, or come to realization. But what it is, is an invitation to say that this life is more than me. And I'm going to say yes to a greater king than myself. For those of us who have said yes to Jesus there's an invitation that we have received. And this invitation is not just about that eternal destination, it's about the here and now and what God is wanting to do in and through your life here. And so how do we participate in God's kingdom here? We have this glimpse of heaven in the future, but how do we participate in what God is wanting to do here? Well, Matthew 5, 14-16, Jesus gives us a good picture of this. It says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do we light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. In another portion, it says, Jesus is the light of the world. And yes, capital, big light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. But you are the little lights of the world. That God has said you have been set up to proclaim his light. And to demonstrate his light to the world around you. And as part of, your, of his kingdom, you should radiate the life of Jesus to the world around you. So when people see you, when people observe your life, when people see your good works, they will look at you and say, there is something beyond this person that's happening here. There's something beyond this reality that we see right now. And I can see in this person a light beyond themselves. Dan Caffey, the founder of Chick-fil-A, talks about this verse in in this way. And he says, replace the words good works with the work that you do. That each of us has a work that we put our hands to and take those two words out and replace them with the work that you do. And for example, he said, I do it like this. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good chicken and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And maybe you aren't making chicken But there are things that each one of us is doing for work. Maybe you work for the government. Maybe you're in the private sector. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're in school. Maybe you are doing something else. But whatever you're doing, as followers of Jesus, Jesus states, let your light shine before others so that they may see whatever you're doing, your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. Look around us. There is so much darkness in this world. Brokenness, pain, hopelessness, heartache, death, destruction. And here Jesus is saying in the midst of all this darkness, all this brokenness, all this pain, let the light of Christ shine through you. At that time in history, there was only a couple kinds of light. Firelight, lamplight, candlelight, torchlight. We take it for granted that you walk in a room and turn on the light, and it goes on until it doesn't work or you're out of power. But what does light do? Light brings life. Light brings warmth. Life brings vitality. And light is a normal part of healthy life. And life radiates through us as part of the kingdom of God. We are to radiate the life of Christ. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And when people see us, they should see the light of Christ in us. That we are part of a grander, a greater, a bigger story than ourselves. I believe that God has called us to be transformed by Jesus, empowered by His Spirit, and launched on mission. And that as we share Jesus with our words and show Jesus with our life and actions, people will be drawn to the light of Christ in us. They will ask questions. They will say, what is this supernatural radiance that is part of your life? We have been invited to be part of a grander story. A story that is more than both you and I. God's kingdom is growing, and it continues to grow as people say yes to Him. It continues as darkness is pushed back, and the light of Christ shines through you and I. So, how do we more fully realize the kingdom of God within our lives, within our realities? Well, first, we need to awaken to the kingdom's reality in our lives. Do you recognize God's kingdom is here and now? That you don't have to wait towards a future destination to participate in his kingdom. It is here and now. Do you see it? Do you sense it? In your day-to-day life, can you see that God wants to utilize you for his kingdom? When you arrived here, our hope on Sundays is that we gather together and that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth collide. And that you have this momentary encounter every week. At least a moment where you're like, this life, this reality is more than me. More than us. is bigger than us. Do you sense it? Are you awakened to this kingdom reality? As said in that video earlier. And when the kingdom comes, lives are transformed. The broken are healed. Deliverance happens. Hope is given to the hopeless. When the kingdom of God comes, we see the rule and reign of Jesus. And when somebody encounters Jesus, their lives will change. Some change for the better, and some change for the worse. When we look in Scripture, when somebody encountered Jesus, they either walked away healed, whole, delivered, set free, with a different perspective, and participating in a different kingdom, or they left bitter, angry, disillusioned, and wanting to fight for their own kingdom. But when God's kingdom comes, lives are transformed. And as you awaken to God's kingdom, we need to say yes to the king. This isn't a one-time yes. This is yes again and again and again. This is yes to the king over all areas of your life. Making Jesus king in all the good areas, in all the bad areas, in all the broken areas, in all the beautiful areas. It's saying yes to Jesus in all of your life and saying, I will follow you. I will do what you want me to do because you are my king and I am simply one of your subjects. Jesus is the one who created you. Jesus is the one who designed you. Jesus is the one who knows you best. And when you say yes to the king of all kings, you are saying yes to participating in a kingdom that's more than you, but designed for your best. And as we awaken to God's kingdom, as we say yes to the king, then we can say simple prayers like this. Let my light shine for others. That if I'm part of a kingdom that's beyond me, my light needs to shine for others. Maybe you don't like shining. Well, you can glow, you can burn, whatever. But what I'm trying to say is God's inviting you into something that's more than you, more than your reality. He wants you to be a messenger of the king. He wants to be a messenger of something more than you. I believe as we share Jesus with our words, as we show him with our actions, people will begin to take notice and they'll be saying, I want to be part of something bigger than me. I want to be part of a supernatural kingdom that is greater than me, that is beyond me, and that will outlast my life. Life is more than you. Life is more than your hopes and dreams. There is a larger kingdom with an everlasting king that you are invited to be part of. An invitation to the kingdom of God is an invitation to give up our small crown in our tiny kingdom and to give it up for a grand kingdom. Holding on to our kingdom is like going over to Burger King and getting ourselves a little crown and saying, I have this incredible kingdom that is mine and I am ruler with my paper crown. And it's so incredible that I can rule this kingdom and manage this kingdom. But in reality, it is just a myth. That you're going to wake up one day and this little kingdom that you're building is going to fade away. And if you hold on to this and you think this is reality, you're gonna miss participating in the larger reality of what Jesus is calling us to, his kingdom and his purpose. And as we lay down our crowns, our tiny kingdoms, and look to God's supernatural, eternal kingdom, I believe that is a life that will outlive yourself and will be more than you. I'm reminded again and again since that day in 1997 where I encountered the King of all Kings that life is more than me. I've seen that life is more than my success, more than my failures, more than my hopes and dreams, more than what I think is for me. I've been invited into a grander plan, a larger purpose And it's going to far outlive any kingdom that I could ever build for myself. The invitation is there. And my hope and prayer is that we would awaken, awaken to the kingdom reality in each one of our lives. That we would say yes to the king. And that as we say yes to the king, we would allow God's light to shine through us. Sometimes... It's important to make simple movement as we talk about laying down our kingdoms for God's ultimate kingdom. And so I'd encourage you, if God is speaking to you today, it's not a one-time thing about laying down our lives. Yes, we need that moment. But it's again and again coming before our king and laying ourselves before him. And so even though we have more of an upbeat song, I would like to just take, to finish with this morning, I'd like to take a moment, if you're sensing God is just calling you to afresh anew, or even for the first time, lay down your kingdom, a simple way to do that is simply to kneel before the King of all kings. That it's not about the people around you. It's not about coming up here and kneeling. If you want to come up here and kneel, but a simple act of your will of saying, I am not in charge. And I am saying yes to Jesus, that he is my king and I want to participate in his kingdom. And so if that is you, I'd encourage you to just kneel right where you are or if you want to simply come up here to take a moment and kneel before the king of all kings. So feel free to do that. And I'm going to do that. As we pray here now, God, you are the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. When I look at my own kingdom and what I often can build for myself, it can blur me to the reality of your larger purposes and kingdoms that are way beyond me. And God, may we humbly lay ourselves before you and your kingdom and your purposes. May we recognize afresh anew that we want to honor and serve you, God. That your kingdom is more than us, that it will outlast anything that we can do but as we participate in your eternal kingdom, our lives can outlast even this here and now. And Father, may we be willing to lay ourselves down and also be willing to let your life shine, light shine through us. That other people could see the reality of your supernatural kingdom. That it far surpasses anything we're building. And God, may we respond. May we awaken to your kingdom reality, say yes to the King, and may the light of you shine through us that others may see you. In Jesus' name, amen.